You got Dane Evans, who over the second half of the season was the best quarterbacks in the league and is also younger and cheaper than Jeremiah Masoli. What do you do? Kind of like you and me, huh? I'm younger and cheaper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. See, it yeah. is actually. You might you perform well, but I'll, I'll you, take, perform, I'll you take perform Dane well. Evans. <laughs> I'll take Dane Evans with the waggle. You are now listening to The Waggle, the official podcast of the Canadian Football League. Welcome to the Waggle Grey Cup edition. We are still in Calgary breaking down the 107th Grey Cup. This podcast is not only brought to you by the CFL and CFL.ca, it's brought to you by our friends at Sport Clips, where, Davis, we spent some time at a Sport Clips. We did, to, yeah. to, to do a podcast. So if, if you missed it, go back on the feed because it was lots of fun. Shout out again to Jamar Wall, Rene Paradise, and everyone at Sport Clips for putting that together. And when we talked to the guys playing for Calgary, they thought Winnipeg had a legit shot. You, shout out, at the beginning of the year, said Winnipeg might be able to do this damn thing. They did. How? Because everyone else this week thought it was Hamilton, Hamilton, Hamilton. <clears throat> it's nice of you to say that. You're a, you're a good teammate. But the, the day of the game, my picks in the pregame show, I actually picked the Ticats Whoa, no. to win the game. The only reason, so I went into this game on Monday morning, getting ready to head out, head out here for Grey Cup. I made a pick, and I, I picked the Ticats to beat the Bombers. And as the week went on, the more I was around the two teams, the more um, I kind of uh, got a sense of the matchup, got a sense of the energy and the vibe, I wanted to move my pick to Winnipeg. And right as I wouldn't make a pick all week, I wouldn't make a public pick all week, and then finally... The morning of the broadcast, we're on air, and I'm getting ready to give my pick. And the producer asked me about 30 seconds before, asked me uh, to get ready for my pick, and I'm going to pick Winnipeg. And and I said, is this just is this just a pick, or is there a graphic? He goes, no, the graphics made. I got your Hamiltons on the board, so I had to, I was forced to pick Hamilton because the graphic was already up, and there wasn't time to change it. Now, our producer K Scott is over here looking at me shaking his head like I'm full of it, but it is the truth. I wanted to go, I wanted to take the Bombers to win the game because the energy that I was getting through the, through the week and the more I was around, I just felt like this team was going to pull it off. And, uh, and they did. No, it's, uh, it was an X's nose thing and it was a, a domination thing from, you know, DJ, you've, uh, you've said it, that defensive line and just the, the you know, the front seven of, of, the Bombers was, was dominated, and that was a, a big part of, of why, this, why this turned out this way. But uh, there was something special about that team yesterday. So you mentioned X's and O's thing, and I find that interesting because, you know, the Bombers end the 29-year championship drought. They win the game 33-12. They get their 11th Grey Cup win in, in franchise history, and despite the fact that they didn't win one for three decades, they're, they're still third uh, in terms of the amount of Grey Cups in the league. Surprised to hear you say it was X's and O's, because to me it was it wasn't X's and O's. attitude. Yeah, it wasn't X's and O's. Like <laughs> the four guys on the front four for mm-hmm. their defense, and the five guys uh, on the offensive line. To me, those nine guys, and I'll throw Big Hill in there as well, because he he was getting after the passer. Those ten won the game. Yeah, and and it to me it was very obvious early that they they were not controlling the line of scrimmage. They were redictating the line of scrimmage, um, whether it was the offensive line getting to the second level and getting big blocks, or 
whether it was the two third and ones that changed the game mm-hmm. defensively for Winnipeg, or that's dominating. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. to your point. Yeah. Or just just getting after Dane Evans, where I mean, he can't even pat the ball and throw because when he's uh, at the back of his five step drop, he had people coming from all angles. Um, I, I thought they 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 bodied literally Hamilton. <clears throat> yeah, the 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 physicality, the the speed, and when I say X's nose. Um, it's you know it was more of it was more of to your point it wasn't X's nose it was just meaning like the storylines that I felt coming into the game where I felt Winnipeg was destined or I felt like they were confident I I more meant that that wasn't why they won the game it's when they when they got on the field they mm. to your point they dominated physically and it, it wasn't X and O's because Dane Evans if they did have scheme and route combinations and matchups that they liked. It didn't matter mm. because the, that offensive line of Hamilton got their butt kicked. And, you know, give credit to the front seven of Winnipeg for completely dominating an offensive line who, through the year, when we looked at what that group did, Hamilton collectively, it was one of the better groups in the league. And was what I, I would consider, if I'm naming the strengths of that, of that, one, of that Hamilton team, I usually would consider that, that offensive line to be one of the strengths. Yeah, Winnipeg's offensive line was certainly their strength. And uh, shout out to Andrew Harris, first player to win most valuable Canadian and uh, most valuable player in the game. It is with a, a bit of an asterisk because Ron Lancaster won most valuable player and there wasn't a most valuable Canadian award back then. But since 1971, since they've handed out the most valuable Canadian, Harris is the first to do it. But he, he really needs to thank that offensive line. Because that first touchdown run, I, I tweeted that, you know, the fraternity of Canadian tailbacks was really happy to see him play so well. This old Canadian tailback could have scored that first <laughs> the way those, The way those goals were. I couldn't have made the catch on the second one. I think a lot of receivers in this league could have made the catch. That was a great but, catch. But yeah. um, it, it, their offensive line, it, again, you know, took care of him. And so the narratives were... Zach Claro's revenge tour. He's, you know, coming back and haunting these teams that have let him go. Andrew Harris getting his revenge on the local writers that didn't even nominate him for his own team. From the CFLPA, who didn't even nominate him as an all-star, even though he led the league in rushing for the third year in a row. And there was an- another player who has a positive test in his background who was nominated as a long snapper. Um, it, to me, it was like, that offensive line sending a message. Guess what, Simone? We, he, Zach wasn't a teammate, but we've got your numbers circled. G- guess what? All those haters that Harris referenced in all 75 interviews they did after the game, <laughs> um, get, we're, we're taking care of our, our who guy. They, who are these guys? The haters? Yes. I mean, I don't know. I any, me- any media types in Winnipeg. <laughs> all, the, all the local media. And John play. Bowman. John Bowman, <laughs> the other CFL BA voters <laughs> who didn't vote him in. Um, we, we got a tweet saying we're going to have to P.S. P.S. Uh, uh, P.S. I'm not calling those guys. I'm not calling those, those guys a hater or John a hater. I'm saying that's maybe who Andrew's talking about. Yeah, no, that no, clear. no question. Before we get a, a clip rolled out somewhere from somebody well, saying actually, that. I will say this. I will call the local media who didn't vote him. <laughs> yeah, fair most enough. outstanding haters. Because yeah, yeah, that's ridiculous. <laughs> My guy led the league in rushing and he missed two games. And at the time, what's the conversation that we had? 
okay, you want to act like this is the Baseball Hall of Fame and you want to like basically crucify the guy, but where does it stop? Is he not allowed to get the TSN play of the game? Is he, is he not allowed to get any of his performance bonuses? And I said, if he's the most outstanding player or most outstanding Canadian in the Great Cup, is he not allowed to win that award? Well, evidently he is. Um, but Glad you clarified that before the game just to make sure if he, he won it, there wasn't a controversy. Right, yeah. Well, he's like, okay, you guys aren't giving me awards. I'm going to take both of these awards. Um, How about his buddies from home picking him up? That yeah, was, that was that, cool. Those were Obama fans. Those were his buddies from, from home, which I thought was really cool. That he was about, cool. That uh, was ten, cool. ten of his friends there. That was cool. Chanting MVP. That was cool. But he, he was on a, a mission. He was on one last night. Yeah. Let's go back to the game from a Hamilton perspective. I thought they lost the game by not running the ball. Winnipeg possessed the ball for over 10 more minutes, and for all of a sudden actually averaged more yards per carry than Andrew Harris did, but they abandoned the run early, and that allowed for me, Willie Jefferson and Jeff Coat, to tee off and rush a spot and, and basically think of stopping the run on the way to the quarterback. I, I thought they got too one-dimensional early, and then when they lost Banks, they lost their best uh, passing threat. But, but, but you've played in the Grey Cup, so what do you think? What I would say is, that, yes, they need to run the ball more. I agree with you. But when you turn the ball over three times in the first quarter yeah. and you turn the ball over eight times and you get behind, um, they weren't behind um, so much that they, they couldn't run the ball, to, to your point. They should, have, they should have stuck with it a little bit more. I agree, and especially because that O-line was struggling so much. But... You know, I, I think the turnover, ba turnover battle has a lot to do with it. You said they lost the game because they didn't run the ball. I would say that would be a secondary reason to why they didn't. They lost the game because they couldn't protect would be primary. And the, other, the second primary would be, if I'm allowed to have two primaries, would be the fact that they, uh, they turned the ball over. And then secondary, I would look at, I would look at the fact they didn't run the ball. Um, also, it's playmakers. Um, you know, championship games in any sport, if you look over it historically, it's always a lot of times the star players will kind of wash each other out. And it's, it's the secondary playmakers that have those impacts looking back. I, I always I go to Steve Kerr in the, Bull, in, the Bulls, in the Bulls time or Robert Ory with the Rockets. Like it's always you know, basketball. Exactly. Like you look at those type of, we're talking about, um, you know, Larry Brown, Larry Brown and the Raiders, we got a football. Well, there's, it's never, it's always guys like that that make the difference because the stars usually have the games. In this game, if you tell me that, if you look at, if you tell me from the Hamilton Tiger Cats side offensively that nobody would have a reception in the first half until five minutes left in the half other than Speedy B, mm. I'd say there's no chance to win this game. Hmm. Nobody, none of those receivers had a catch until, other than Speedy, until five minutes left in the first half. Not only did they not have a catch, a couple of them had some big drops as mm -hmm. well. Mm -hmm. Like, things that should have kept them on the field gave Dane Evans in his first great cup some confidence. Uh, and, and that takes us to our next point, Winnipeg's defense. Like, one thing, as improbable as it is that they made this run, with you know two games on the road and obviously the Great Cup's a neutral site game, um, but defense travels. They held Calgary to 14, held Saskatchewan to 13, then held Hamilton to 12. Those are th three pretty good offenses. Well, Calgary when Bo is healthy, Sask Saskatchewan was a pretty good offense, and then obviously um, Hamilton was was one of if not the best offenses throughout the league. 
Where was Jagger Davis? Did you even see his name on the stat sheet? I must. I mean, I went into this game saying that he was underrated. That I felt a little bit like Willie got all the credit, and and Charleston got all the credit, and and a guy like Jagger didn't get much love, and he, he was he was pretty quiet. I'm trying to pull up his stat line right now, but but uh, you know he was someone that I know <clears throat> needed to have a big game, and then in order for them to there he is. Oh, he had five tackles, so. Um, yeah, five tackles, but uh, I just they weren't getting pressure on the quarterback, which is well. Actually, to be to be fair, uh, it's not like Caleros was back there, you know, patting the ball all day. You know, Andrew did well in the, in the run game, and Caleros actually Zach did a good job of, of maneuvering in the pocket and and uh, and getting the ball down the field and making some plays and, and uh, extending some plays. So he he did a good job when there was pressure or the pocket collapse. He did a good job of, of moving around and extending some plays. You know, the real pocket passer for the Blue Bombers is Chris Drevlin. Yeah. I don't know if you heard. Yeah. He was three for three. <laughs> yeah. um, that throw to Harris in, in the end zone was a, was a dime. And, he, <clears throat> and Harris beat Rico Murray on that, who's a pretty good cover guy. Ran right by him. And I was actually still surprised that he threw it. Yeah. Because it was still, you had to navigate the goalpost. There was a tight window, um, and he, he got it there. Uh, it, but where was Jaguar Davis? Where was Hauser? Where was Wynn? Like you can't, you can't, you can't get a sack on a. I was, was went play. out early in the game with an injury. I don't know. I don't even remember him coming back. But um, yeah, I mean, it's they needed some game changing plays. How about that? You know, they got pressure, but but where were the game changing plays from from the Hamilton defense? Yeah, and you could put Simone on that list as well, right? The the if there was a referendum on who should have won the most outstanding defensive player. On, on Sunday night, it clearly was Jefferson. He was, he was that guy. He was in the backfield, it seemed like, five times a series, and Simone ended the game with five tackles. Hamilton and Drought continues, 21 years. I, you want to say, okay, well, if they do this, if they do that. I mean, they were, they were for the largest sample size of this year, the best team in the league. 15-3. and three. From the largest sample size, from day one to day whatever it is, they were the best team in the league from the beginning to the end. So if you are that brass and you, you, you're trying to you know, self-scout your team. You're going into offseason where Jeremiah Masoli is hurt. He's probably not going to be healthy until August. He is also a pending free agent. You got Dane Evans who you know, over the second half of the season was the best quarterbacks in the league and is also younger and cheaper than Jeremiah Masoli. Uh, what do you do? It's kind of like you and me, huh? I'm younger and cheaper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. See, it yeah. is actually. You might you perform well, but you perform. I'll take Dane Evans. Well. <laughs> I'll take Dane Evans of the waggle. <laughs> I'll take that for sure. You you definitely overperformed, DJ. Well, that, I think that decision has been made uh, in regards to Hamilton's situation. You, with Dane Dane's contract the way it is, it's pretty tough to it's it's pretty tough to pay somebody else. You know the quarterback money that they're gonna deserve. Um, somebody meaning um, the guy that's there presently, Jeremiah. I, I want Jeremiah there for sure. Uh, if I'm if I'm a, a Ty Cats player, he's he's Dane's good. At this point, Jeremiah's better. Um, but is he is he three times the salary better? I don't think I don't think from an economic standpoint, I don't think it makes sense to unless you can unless you can somehow get him on a, um, a performance-based salary, 
Uh, for him, why would you do that? I wouldn't. He wouldn't. Yeah. That's why he's not gonna. I don't think he'll be there. He has. He has to leave again. He's gonna get the same five, six hundred thousand that the other. You know that he's right there with. He's right there with Trevor Harris money. You own. think so? Yeah. Well, he's gonna get Trevor Harris money. I you mean, think he's so? Close to it. He should. He deserves it. So you're making a rain for Masoli. Yeah. If you're uh, Ottawa he's, or he, Toronto, <clears throat> Bo Riley Harris Masoli, like that. And I'm afraid about the orders. Just those are the. That's the order. He falls. He falls. The Bo Riley are right here at the top. And the next tier down is, is Harrison Masoli. Am so I missing someone in the next tier? No. I got him ahead of everybody else. So the injury and the fact that he probably won't be ready for opening day doesn't, doesn't scare you? Yeah. I'd have definitely have to, my doctors would definitely have to, you know, depending. On, the thing is, it's an ACL, which for a quarterback is not a big deal. It's not, and now with, with modern medicine and, and how guys are, you're, we're seeing receivers come back in eight months off of ACL. So, I mean, a quarterback is, is fine. He put a brace on, he's in the pocket, he moves around, he'll be fine. I mean, but obviously, I'm not a doctor, so, but I definitely, if, if the doctor's clear that he's going to be good with his brace on and playing quarterback, I'd, I'd feel good. See, I, listen, totally agree with you, and I think that this decision was made for them a while ago yeah. because of the economics more than anything. Mm-hmm. But I, I was given an ulterior thought that, hey, listen, th- this is a year that has proven you need two quarterbacks. And so they really have to have another guy that they like behind Evans if they're going to be okay with Masoli leaving. Zach Caleros. Come on. <laughs> Imagine. Imagine. Uh, Caleros becomes the new Kevin Glenn and just bouncing from... Hey, can I talk about, let's, go back, let's go back to this. Do you actually think that... I don't know if this is a conversation to have the day after the Grey Cup, but you actually think that a team is going to pay... Zach in that same money in that same same uh, range as as Jeremiah and Trevor and right below there and the, the top starting quarterback guaranteed money now because well, of what he's done in the last four games. I for one I think at hundred percent is the conversation the other day after the Great Cup. We had the Kawhi conversation while my guy was lifting the trophy. Perfect. Um, well, let's have it then. Do I think? Yes. Or actually, let's reverse engineer that. Yes. Would I pay? Thank him? you. There, that's a better question. No. Will Zach why, why, Caleros why, believe that why, he should no, be paid? No, time out. Why wouldn't, yes. why wouldn't you? Because he could be one hit away. He could be one hit away from not being my Well, anybody, my anybody can be one hit away. Sure, but when you've had lots of hits, you could be one hit away, yeah. right? So, um, so, then I, so it, you, you wouldn't do it, so you're saying, you're saying he, he, the teams are going to do it? You no, think no. the teams would do it? I think Zach Caleros, after his resume, is going to say, I, I, I want to be a starter, and I want to be paid, maybe not Harris money, but I want to be paid at the rate of, of the body of work that I just put out leading a team to the, to the, to the Great Cup. Now, I want to be I, paid Stephen A. Smith money, I, but listen, it doesn't matter what I want. I, I, I agree, but I also understand that if... Sometimes, we've talked about this before, sometimes people try and win the press conference. And if you're... Uh, I like that saying, by the way. If you're, if you're Wade Miller and Kyle Walters, and you, you, you go out on the parade and say, we're going to do it back to back. There will be no drought again. We're going to do it back to back for the W. And then two weeks later, you say, yeah, you know what? We're not, we're not bringing back Zach Caleros. It's, it's hard to message that to your fan base when you just saw the guy help you lift the trophy up. The Bombers are an intelligent fan base. 
I think you're selling them short. That they're not going to understand. We're, ta- you, we're talking about the fan base where dude didn't wear pants for a couple decades. Did you see that guy's calves? I Did would, you see him try to put pants on? like that, I wouldn't wear pants either. Yeah, so you, if you live in Winnipeg and you have to plug your car <laughs> so, in for a start, you certainly would. Okay, so that fan base... I know. I get what you're saying. The Wade, Wade Miller fan Kyle, is short for fanatic. Kyle needs it has to win to do the with intelligence. Win the press conference, but they this fan base understands what you do to your team if you go out and pay a guy. You're not even one hit away. He's not gonna make that. There's no. There's zero chance he makes it through ten games in the year. There's no chance. Well, you so, can say that about Streveler just based on his style of play. No, I can't. He's 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 virtually a running back. Well, he's not going to keep on. He's a starting quarterback. And I said this too, and we had some disagreements with people. I, I said that the way Strevler has he has to play the way he's playing right now because he's just he's a spot duty guy. He was only the starter for at this time. We didn't know that Matt was gone for the whole year. We thought he was only gone for six weeks or whatever. And I said Strevler's got to play the way he plays. That's how he plays. If he has to dive for a first down and take a hit and lower his shoulder, that's what you do because this is your chance to be the guy. But once you're solidified in that cemented as that guy that you play the game differently and it's the coaches let him know that and he would change that he's a, there's a whole different story between him and Zach but, not, is, but is he good enough no I didn't throwing the football to play the game differently not, well I don't know he, I, I don't know if he's he's not my answer as the starter he, we're just talking about a guy who's healthy can make it through the season he's, so, he's my number two he's not my starter anyway I'm very fascinated to see what they do see if they bring back Matt Nichols if I have a choice of the three of those guys right now, yeah. if I got to make, make Zach Coleros, mm-hmm. Chris Trevler, or Matt Nichols my starter day one and pay one of them right now, yeah. I'll pay Matt Nichols. And I haven't been the hugest Matt Nichols fan. I'm not, I'm not jumping up screaming about Matt Nichols. But out of those three, he he's, stays relatively, relatively healthy. He's, he's above average. He's above average quarterback in the league, no doubt about it. And he definitely give you a chance to win. Matt Nichols could have done... What Zach Coleros did in in the in this last four games. You think so? Yes. I don't know if that's. True. What, what, look at Zach's numbers. Zach wasn't. I mean, Zach was great. He was cool. He did a good job. But their defense played. Look at you said it. They averaged like fourteen. Held teams to under fourteen points a game for three straight games. You don't think Matt Nichols would put up fifteen points a game? Come but you on, also no? said he he moved in the pocket and he made a couple plays. nice plays. He did. That 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 Zach's first game back. That play when he's scrambling and rolls to the right against Calgary. Matt's probably not making that play. He's not. But you look at that game. Look at his numbers in that game. Zach's numbers. They weren't good. And even the last game, he, I'm not saying they were bad. My point is they just weren't, he didn't excel. They weren't, he's not, he, he's, he's not winning you games. He just wasn't losing games. And that was good enough to get this team a great cup, which is, I, which is amazing. I, I, because of the strength of that defense and that running game, if I'm them, I, I go to all three. I'm like, listen, I'll pay two of you the equivalent of what a high-end starter makes in this league. So chop it up. Wh- whichever two you want to sign first, sign. And if, if the other one wants to try your luck in Ottawa or Toronto, mm, that's good, the, good, hey. good, good luck. You know what? I, re- I really like that. <laughs> so, hey, here's the, here's the 750000 that Mike Riley gets. Uh, I have it up here for the first two of you guys that signed this. You guys want it. You chop it up and... and Either playtime or just the each take half it or, or, or some each take half a, half a bonus and the rest goes to the playtime guy. Here it is. Or to your point, if you don't like it, then you're going to be the starting quarterback in Ottawa with no receivers, no, uh, you know, and you're missing a tackle and, or you're going to Toronto and other, other places that won't be as, as wonderful 
at, don't look as wonderful, at least right now. Yeah, and we're obviously, you know, there are other ways to address the position via trade. I think one of the fascinating QB names for me this offseason is Arbuckle. Are people, he wants to be a starter. Have people seen enough to say, okay, he was, he was raised in that Calgary quarterback culture? Compete guy. He's the same thing. You're not, you're not, giving, you're not giving him the keys, but he's a compete guy. Um, as, we, as we wrap, what are you, your lasting memories of the 2019 season? I mean, some people said, oh, the underdog Blue Bombers won. I mean, in the offseason, we were talking about the fact that they were loaded. And they started the season on fire, and then they just lost away because of injury and suspension. But it, I left the stadium last night saying, well, of course the Blue Bombers won. And of course Andrew Harris got his revenge. And of course Zach Calarios' revenge tour ended with a win. Because this entire season has been so unpredictable and up and down. So the, of course the thing that everyone thought was going to happen didn't happen in the last game of the season. What are your, your takeaways from 2019 season? The bombers, the bombers fan base and the bombers winning this. It was, <clears throat> this was a deserving. This was a deserving team, city fan base. For me, that I mean, at the end of the day, that's what I left the stadium yesterday, and I and I watched the people celebrate, and I went out to the streets and I saw the, those fans, and and I've encountered them throughout the week. For me, some of the best fans. Winnipeg has some of the best fans in the league. They they truly care. And for them to um, to win uh, and to have the Grey Cup to me was that was that was, it was a deserving team. I mean, both teams at the end of the day were have great fan bases, and, and seeing them throughout the week, you saw how much it meant because of the, the drought. Um, for me, that was that's the great the greatest thing about this about Sunday's game was this Winnipeg fan base getting to enjoy the Grey Cup. My favorite moment of the game was actually after the game when O'Shea insists that Jake Thomas is the guy who lifts the cup. Loved it. Longest-serving bomber. Uh, for me, I loved it because he's a you know, youth sports guy. was an Acadia Axman. But uh, he, when you saw the emotion on his face, it, it just symbolized what that cup meant to him, to the team, to the fan base. Um, and there were a lot of bombers, uh, fans, who took over the city last night, who, who took over the city... Did all it all, week. Did it also, not did it also, it also symbolized, and I like, it's a great point, it also symbolized the culture of what they built there. Mm. And in Kyle and Wade and Michael Shea, the fact that they're um, cognizant enough to give the cup to someone that means so much to that team for so long. For sure. Because you know, right? Because of his role. He, he's not a, you know, when they said Jake Thomas, I barely, who? I know who Jake Thomas is, but, you know, that's not the name you're thinking of. So that's the, the fact that Mike O'Shea and, and that whole organization gets it, that uh, it, it tells, you, tells me about the culture of that team and, and the organization. And it's human nature. If you're a part of, a big part of ending the drought, if you're Wade Miller, you're Kyle Walters, you're Mike O'Shea, you might want to be the person who gets the cup from the commissioner, who's holding it up <laughs> for, for all the photos, and you're all over the CP wire, and Johanny is taking a photo of you and putting it on the CFL Instagram in black and white. Like, the human nature says you want to be that guy, and for them to say no, this guy who represents our team and our fan base, um, that's cool. And I was happy for the Bombers fans, and the, and the whole, forget about the city of Winnipeg, the whole province of Manitoba, 
um, and and for for Milt um, in this regard, because to me the best part of Grey Cup week in the Canadiana that it's part of is lots of people and people from lots of places that we don't often see or talk about they get to be here and show out they show their colors and they they say listen we're here we are part of Canada and you know Winnipeg right in the middle of the country um, a place that is flown over as people are going to BC and Toronto Um, they're like no we are part of this country part of this fabric and so it was almost like the fans were celebrating in the streets like you're going to talk about us tonight. We're going to lead the national. We're going to lead Sports Center. We're going to lead, um, you know, Sportsnet's website. We are the sports story in this country. Um, and I thought that was cool that, that all of Manitoba, with hometown kids doing it yeah. in Dembski and Harris, said, no, no, this great cup, you're going to talk about us. Willie Jefferson's post-game, post he said... They asked him about, Sarah Leski asked him what this meant to him. He won the 2015 Grey Cup in Edmonton. And, and the first thing he says is, um, I'm invested in this group. This is a special group. This is, this is my team. And, and it's, it, was, it was real. Like he, and I feel like there was a lot of guys on the team that like, this meant a lot to everyone. It was a, close, a close-knit family and group, which is you know, one of the reasons why they were able to pull this, this game off. You, you need that in big games and close games. And that's why, you know, I said it at the beginning of the pod that as the week went on, like I picked Hamilton. I look at X's and O's and matchups and all that going in after the, after the Eastern and Western finals. Hamilton's a better team. Hamilton does this, this, and this. Hamilton's going to win the Grey Cup. They're, they're, they're the three or four-point favorite to start. I said they should have been a seven-point favorite. They'll win the Grey Cup. And then Tuesday and Wednesday and I felt the energy with his team and how they were together and then how they practiced and watching, listen to the coaching. And, and then just as it got closer and closer, I kept saying there's something special about this team. And it's, it's a lot to do with what I just mentioned with Willie and his, his conversation, watching Dembski and Andrew together running off the field like the, you, know, you saw after the game. and just There was something about these guys. I mean, it, there really was. And even, you know, even Zach fit in so well. I mean, he said... Zach said something that I thought was great after the game when they were asking him about, about um, how what a dream season it was and how great it was. And, and, he, and he said, really, like, yeah, it's great. It was a really up and down, a crazy ride for me. But really, this isn't about me. These guys have been, and, and he wasn't saying, you know, a lot of people say that. Oh, it's not about me. It's about the team. <laughs> and, it's, and it's just, it's BS. You, could, you really know it's not genuine. Mm-hmm. But he said it and went right away. He's like, it's not about me. Because these, some of these guys have been here for six, seven years together, and this, this group and this team, and I, they can really, it's true. Like, mm-hmm. it's not about Zach. Like, it's, it, it was, and he understands that. Part of the reason he fit in, Strebler was happy with his role. Just, they were just, this team together seemed to really gel and figure it out. And, you know, the, you know, the deal, DJ, sometimes that's what makes a, a championship group. And I love that the front office and the coaching staff wasn't stubborn, right? They could have said, you know what? I love that they're all Canadian. True. I love that too. That's a great point. But they, they could have said, you know what? Heck is our guy at the back in the second. No, no what? They, Alexander. He's the guy that we That was need. a big move, yep. They could have said, we're going to ride it out with, with, with the quarterbacks that we have. We like McGuire as a future guy and Strevel when he gets healthy. We got, it's like, you know what? We've said one thing. We've got to do something else. Maybe it's because Jeff Hamilton is at our neck, but we've got to go out and we've got to get Zach Caleros. I love the fact that, that the Canadian group that you mentioned... Um, 
Wade they, and Wade and Kyle and Osh. Yeah, yeah, they were they weren't stubborn. They were constantly evaluating their team, and you know Hamilton was the best team throughout the season, but the end of the season, um, Winnipeg was the best team. Other thing before we wrap up, shout out to the city of Calgary, mm-hmm. who put on a great yeah. great cup. I I wasn't sure what it was going to be like when I got out here because they expect to be in this game, right? They've been in it five of the last seven years. It could have just been a bad reminder that they weren't able to, to get it done. Everything was first class from the, the players who were around for the, for the week. And Bo was doing a lot of stuff. And obviously, we, we talked to you know, Jamar and, and... I did not see Renee. Bo. Uh, I, I saw him on social media. Okay. Uh, so you didn't see me either. <laughs> but I saw he was doing a lot of stuff. Uh, he wasn't doing that much. I didn't I'm, see him. I'm keeping it 97. No, you, you were doing a lot of stuff. That's why you didn't see see many people. But uh, where were you? I didn't see you. To 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 the the people who had the stadium on point. Um, it was it was a great great weekend to all the volunteers. Um, also, I want to also uh, teach Hamilton, the Hamilton Ticats organization and and fan base too. Shout out to them them as well because they were. And then as we talked about how great the running into all the Bombers fans was during the week, it was it was equal mm-hmm. to those Ticats fans. They were great. That's a class organization. We obviously spent a lot of time being near there and, and through the playoff run with them. And they they uh, they do everything first class, and I, I appreciate them too. And they ran into a lot of their fans who, uh, it's funny, I said it a lot of time on Sunday and Saturday. I said, I don't want either of these two teams to win or to lose. I don't right. want I don't want either of these two teams to lose. And it's... You know, we've covered the last, uh, last. I think this is the fourth one, fourth Grey Cup I've been covering from this side, and I've never felt like that in any of the other four. But this one, I, I really, I, I truly felt like I, I wanted both these fan base. It's because the fan bases, the players, it's, it's you want them to win as well. There's storylines, but the fans who were invested for so many years, and this was the first time where I really um, felt wanted, I wanted both organizations and teams and fans to win. Yeah, the in, it's funny seeing the fans interacting. Throughout the week, is they, they got along, and it's you know, probably because they're just polite Canadians. But also, I think they see a lot of each other in themselves, not just the fact that they both had droughts, but they're very similar fan bases and have similar love for their teams. Uh, and lastly, shout out to Keith Urban, who put on a show. And listen, surprise, surprise, I don't like country music. I didn't even know that they had country music in Australia, but I, I do know a good show when I see one and he put on a great show and nobody in the building left their seat uh so shout out to him it was the perfect ending um to to the season the 107th and i'm i I can't wait to to do this all again for next season and have fun in regina for 108 let's do it all again next year Deej. it's been a great year let's thank you all for listening this has been the waggle presents west Brooklyn.